0: Hey there, lovely people. Welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today, we'll start off with a deep dive, exploring a big life topic that both of us have been thinking about recently. Today, we'll be asking ourselves and others a question. What advice do you wish you could have given yourself 10 years ago? Then, we'll kick off a new segment, the Guys With Feelings Read of the Month. And finally, we'll finish with our usual rapid-fire quick picks, sharing one thing we've each been recommending or obsessing over during the past month. But before we get into all that, Gabe, what's new with you?
1: Oh, not much, man. I, um, I've um i been biking a lot this week, actually. That's been like my biggest life shift. It's oh, no awesome. way. Yeah. To work? Yeah, just like work and random meetings and like uh-huh. hanging out with friends. Just like if it's like five-ish miles away. I even biked downtown yesterday. It was like 10 miles each way. And I feel oh, awesome. inspired. I'll just bike instead of drive. And it's, yeah, it's been great. It adds so much to the day.
0: Yeah. And just getting like your kind of like workout and some cardio, like just built into your days. Uh, it's so nice.
1: Yeah. It's like free exercise time. Like you don't have to carve it out separately. <laughs> no, you, you don't have to go to a gym. On or your anything. way to things. Yeah. And you just yeah. feel amazing because you got like a great workout in.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's it's been cool. I um, I've like had this before. I like phases where I um, like got into biking for like a week or two. But then mm. I remember back on the woes episode when we talked about like not feeding the hype men, not getting like too excited about like when anyone thinks going like super well in your life. <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of like got in these cycles where I'd start biking and then I'd be like, yes, like this is the answer. Like I figured everything. if I just bike more, I'll be so happy all the time. Mm. And then I would sort of fall out of biking and then i just sort of crash and I'd be like, oh, fuck biking. I'm done with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm like really enjoying it, but I'm trying not to get like too invested in the story of now I'm a biker. I'm trying to just right. like enjoy it day to day.
0: Right. Right now you're biking and you're enjoying it and that's cool. Yeah. And maybe tomorrow I'll bike again. Maybe I won't. We'll see. <laughs> Tune um, in to find out. Yeah.
1: Anyways, what's, what's been new with you?
0: Uh yeah, yeah, not much. Um oh, I just got word that um so I run an animation studio and we created a bunch of videos for planned parenthood um about like STDs and safe sex and things like that. And it turns out that our videos that we made for them on the abortion pill uh, just got nominated for a shorty social good award wow. which um yeah, I've I never heard of them, but like I looked it up and like so we're a finalist in the education category, which is pretty cool. Like there's like a bunch of other like big campaigns um that are also in the running. And um and the awards seem legit. Like they're like they're going to be hosted by Tony Hale who played Buster in Arrested Development. And uh there's going to be like a bunch are you of get celebrities. Some meat Buster? And, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't oh think so. man. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. You never know what will happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's airing maybe on November 15th. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of cool to get recognized for this work and just to be able to help Planned Parenthood get messages like this out there. It's just been such an honor. So that's been really cool.
1: Yeah, well you guys deserve it. I mean, those videos are amazing. Like you and Planned Parenthood did such such a good job with that stuff.
0: Oh, uh, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um also kind of related to video stuff. Um, but uh yeah, I just um helped well, I'll give a little backstory. So if you guys might remember our longtime listeners, um on our first episode, one of my quick picks was this organization called Flippable, which was helping um you know, after Trump's election, trying to help, uh, like win state races and flip state seats, and uh, yeah, and just kind of help organize and galvanize, you know, more grassroots movement, um, to turn the country a little more blue, and yeah, somehow just randomly, not even connected to the podcast, but we got in touch with the organization and they actually needed a video, um, and so it's pretty cool. Like I actually got to team up with Gabe. I brought Gabe on to help write the, the script. The whole
1: Guys with Feelings team. <laughs>
0: yeah, the entire Guys with Feelings team. We 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 came together, and instead of making a podcast, we made an animated video, um, which we were super proud of. Like we worked really hard on it. Gabe's uh, expertise and strategy was was just so useful, and the video was not only one of the the pieces that I'm the most proud of, but it ended up going viral. Like it got like over 400,000 views in like a week and a half. Uh, it was retweeted by Chelsea Clinton, George Takei. Um, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was everywhere, people writing about it. Um, so yeah, so that was really awesome. And uh, Flippable just did a rebrand. So we just kind of re-edited the video for them. And yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to that. And, uh, and Gabe, thanks for making that happen. It was super cool working on that with you.
1: Yeah, no, dude, that was a great project. That was super, super fun, and um, yeah, it's just always fun when like little things from a year ago in the show like, sort of, <laughs> somehow like pop back into our lives. So yeah, randomly updates. Yeah, um, so that was great. Yeah, oh man, that sounds great. Um, and uh, and I know before we get into the show, um, one last thing we wanted to do was um, just to take a quick moment as men to really acknowledge and support the very powerful. Uh, Me Too campaign that's exploded online over the last Mm -hmm. week, at least the last week when we're recording. Um, I know speaking for myself as a guy, and I think speaking for a lot of other guys, it's really genuinely shocking um, to see the extent to which these sort of experiences of sexual violence and sexual abuse and harassment are so deeply ubiquitous amongst women, like the women Mm -hmm. in our lives and women that we know and and love and care so much about. And um, I just feel personally a lot of gratitude for everyone that's um, really gone out there and like taken what is a real risk and put themselves out there in a very vulnerable way in order to help illustrate for all of us um, how much work in a really deep way we have to do to create um, the society and the culture um, that we need uh, for women and also for everyone. Um, So I just wanted to to sort of acknowledge that and appreciate that for a moment. Yeah, it's... It's been incredibly powerful and
0: moving, just seeing so many people just sharing their stories and, and just really opening up and being vulnerable. I don't know if I can think of of a time where I, I've seen a, a kind of a movement of vulnerability like this before, and it's it's really been powerful like I, I feel like to me, this kind of illustrates the power of vulnerability like we I know we talk a lot about how important it is like to be vulnerable and to share you know these parts or these experiences of your life which may not be you know the shiny fun things that you always want to share um and i think this gives like a a really powerful example of like why that's important like in all these amazing women just kind of coming forward and sharing their stories it's it's made it safer for everyone else to kind of reconcile with their own experiences to realize that they are not alone not in the least and for other people like yeah to just feel Um, safer to be able to share these stories where maybe they didn't feel that safety before. Um, So, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I have just been really moved by this and and glad we can just take a moment to acknowledge it.
1: Yeah. I I just, I totally agree. Like the tremendous power in that, both like sort of in an online mass movement viral way and also just in a one-on-one way. Um, It was cool. And I was, I was looking up a little more about it. I um, saw this woman, Tarana Burke, I think is her name, who started a whole organization Mm -hmm. I'm dedicated to helping provide like emotional support and sort of therapy to women who'd gone through similar experiences with the me too sort of approach and sort of tagline like 10 years ago, way before this, this campaign, um, came about. And I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of, yeah, like therapy and sort of circle approaches that are built on exactly this, um, this same type of approach. So like a lot of power, sort of in mass media context, but also just, just one-on-one, um, And I know that um, we just definitely want to say that um, thank you and like be appreciative of everyone that's um, shared their stories and say that Mm -hmm. um, we hear you. We definitely hear you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. On that note, well, let's get right into our deep dive topic for today's show. And today, yeah, we're asking ourselves and people in our community a question. What advice do you wish you could have given yourself 10 years ago? So. We opened this question up to our online community, and wow, we got a ton of awesome responses. And we wanted to share a few with you guys before we dove into our own. So without further ado... I tell myself that people are super complex and that I should be less rigid when forming opinions about them.
1: I would have told myself, see all the painful and playful parts of yourself with an open heart. To write from habit, not from inspiration.
2: It would have to be to say yes more. You are who you surround yourself with, so choose wisely. Trust your gut about people and don't try to rationalize their behavior.
1: That nothing should be taken personally, ever. Don't fill your loneliness with people. Learn to sit with your loneliness first and then worry about friends and dating.
2: I would also advise myself to buy Amazon stock. Lots of Amazon stock.
1: Oh man, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, fun fact, I actually had Amazon stock in high school. Like, I don't know, like maybe a few hundred dollars worth. And like, I made like $10 on it and then like sold it all. Because I was like, oh shit, I made like 10 bucks. Like I got to sell before I lose it. Um, that was a big mistake. So I wish I wish PK had a time <laughs> machine for me.
0: Should have held on, Gabe. Yeah, held on for dear
1: life. Oops, that was when I was only selling books. (laughs) For those of you that don't know how old we are,
0: yeah, yeah, Um, awesome. Yeah, there was there was a lot of really great advice in there. Um, A lot of it definitely resonated with me. Um, Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the advice about don't fill your loneliness with people. Learn to sit with your loneliness first. This idea of like I don't know, just like being okay feeling the things you're feeling and like, not always like running to fill them up so fast, you know? Um, I definitely could have used that oh, when yeah. I was younger. I could um, still use that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and then the, the idea about people are super complex, you know, be less rigid in forming opinions about them. Um, it's so good to remember that maybe now more than ever when it's easy to, to just reduce people and, Oh, that guy's an idiot or what are these dumb asses doing or whatever? Um,
1: Reducing always, people to their worst tweet, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is very, very easy to do. So tempting. Um, yeah. But it's just so important to remember, ah, yeah, these are super complex human beings just like me, and there's so many facets to them, and it's just not doing any of a service to reduce them to, like, a single bullet point, you know?
1: Yeah, um, definitely.
0: But Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for sending those in. Uh, We have a few more to share. Uh, We also got a response from a very special woman. Um, I believe she gave birth to you. Right,
1: Gabe? I I believe that is correct.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, this response comes from Lorraine.
1: Hi, it's Mom. I just wanted to tell you that I thought about what you said about what do I wish someone told me 10 years ago. I wish someone told me to take more time before making judgments, or even better yet, not to make judgments at all. I also wish they told me to give less advice, and I wish they told me to get more dogs, stray dogs, of course. <laughs> That's advice you can live by. <laughs> I mean, just for context, they do they do have two dogs already, uh, yeah. my parents, so. And you guys have
0: always had a lot of, you've always had two dogs, right? Like.
1: Uh, yeah, for for a while now, yeah.
0: Been a very very uh, dog dog loving family.
1: Yeah, you know. I, d- I did tell my mom. So like two dogs, and like I think those pieces of advice could actually work well together because if she. If she had, there's a certain number of dogs you could have, like five, six, seven, eight, where you just wouldn't have time for anything else, including judging people and giving advice. So, <laughs> so there's like some real synergy there, I think that could work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But for real, dogs are amazing. I mean, we, we should actually maybe do a separate episode on this, but like dogs are, I think everyone should own a dog um, for therapeutic reasons, for the fun of it, for the, the nurturing. You get to take care of another animal. They're just such, such great animals. So. Anyways, great advice, Lorraine. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And we got another response that's, that's pretty awesome. This one comes from Shane, and he actually wrote a letter to his teenage self while he was in college. So, Shane, I'll let you take it away from
2: here. Dear teenage me, you probably thought that by now I'd be brimming with advice and important life wisdom that I needed you to know. I thought I'd think of plenty of anecdotes to tell you. Now I realize I'm not really sure what to say, which I guess is a good thing. There is no amazing advice that I need to give you, no secret message to fix everything. Could you do college differently? Of course. Could you have a better relationship with your parents? Obviously. Will depression come back, self-esteem continue its roller coaster ride, and your room remain messy? You betcha. That's okay. That's life. What I guess I do want to tell you, though, is that I haven't gotten good at all those things you want to be better at. Well, I mean... I'm not yet what you consider to be good. You want to command a room like your friend Mark, be able to make friends with anyone like Isaac, crack jokes like Roey. You have a whole list of ways you could be a better person and another whole list of people you want to be like. Well, like I said, you can't speak like Mark. You're still a bumbling mess around strangers and your jokes are still equally hilarious, but mostly only to you. I can say they have slowly realized you don't need to be like Mark or Isaac or Roe or any of them because no one can tell a Shane's story or plan a spontaneous adventure like you do. You can make people feel comfortable around you. Your sarcasm is so good that most people don't even get it, and you're still really funny. Yeah, of course, I'm going to keep practicing and trying to get better at all that other stuff, but just remember to look around and see all those things that you're good at, too. I count at least three talents, but counting might not be one of them. Shane.
1: Oh, man, that is so good. He wrote that in college? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, that is... I was not that wise in college.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that Uh, for many reasons. I I think one of the things I really dig about that is... um, I mean, he hits on something. It's so true. When we're teenagers, I feel like we spend 99% of our mental energy just comparing ourselves (laughs) to everyone else around us, right? Like, we just see what the gifts that everyone else has and just see where we're deficient. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's such a good, I feel like it's such a good reminder to be like, Hey, Hey, like, yeah, you're not going to have these gifts that your other friends have, but you have your own. And like, and I've found at least in my journey, like the older I've gotten um, and the quote unquote wiser I've gotten, it's the more I've, I've stopped looking around at everyone else and actually just kind of nurturing like my own gifts and my own talents and, and and being happy with that and like and leaning into that more um so yeah i really appreciate that
1: yeah that's great That's yeah and there's like i agree 100 percent with that and there's like a there's like a underlying confidence that's needed right in order to be able to do that like a sense of sort of like belonging and self sort of assuredness that once you have you can sort of like explore yourself and lean into what you do well, as opposed to constantly comparing and and checkboxing with others. But, um, yeah, it's always, it's always easier said than done. And and to have like an (laughs) awareness around that, like at that age in college is, is amazing. It's really impressive.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much Shane for that. And now it's our turn to answer the question. Oh boy. (laughs) Get ready. So Gabe, what's the biggest piece of advice you wish you could have given yourself 10 years ago
1: yeah um so there's a lot i think the number one thing for me if i think back on that time would probably be to really look for and build community um mm. community is obviously something we've we've talked about on a show a lot but if i think back like 10 years ago i was in my early 20s and we were just about to leave college where we had this like i, I wasn't thinking about in these terms then which is why i would have loved the advice but mm-hmm. i think one of the reason that I was so happy and and had such an amazing time in college. It was so community-filled. We had, like, so many, like, close friends all living, like, either in the same apartment together, (laughs) the four of us together, like, within a five-minute walk from one another. I mean, it was just, like, it was so community-filled. And um, I think, like, my first three years out of college were pretty difficult in a lot of ways, culminating with, like, very difficult, like, when I was, like, 25 and ended a long relationship and then Mm -hmm. looked around and really felt like i had no i had like some friends but no community in la um and like i i just didn't i didn't realize what i was missing until later um i didn't realize that what i was missing was was community and that's what i had that was making me so happy and that's what i was missing now so um yeah, I think that like analytical lens really would have helped me, um, especially in my early 20s and that post-college transition, which I think is a tough transition period yeah. um, for a lot of people um, that have like really wonderful experiences uh, in college. Um, I think that would have helped me sort of smooth it out a little bit and find find my own way a little bit earlier.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I mean, and that's that's advice that I would give to everyone right now at any age. Like it's so, I think it's so, so crucial to, to happiness and well being and fulfillment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, what's first up for you? What would be your number one biggest piece of advice?
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a lot of things I, I would have liked to tell myself. Um, but I, I think the number one thing is, um, is to not try to do it all on my own. um, and that's something i've i've struggled with my entire life i i don't know where it's come from but like all my life i've been obsessed with like self growth and 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 learning more and trying to fix all my problems but there's also been this pride that's been along with it where i was like i'm going to do all this on my own um and well i thought on my own right like reading books on my own doing things like that um you know, honestly, I was I was gleaning from other people's knowledge and stuff. But in my head, I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing this all on my own. I don't need to ask anyone for help. I don't need advice from anyone.
1: Um, it was like a point of pride for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, looking back, uh, that's so I, f- I feel like I finally got over that maybe just like a few years ago, like two to three years ago. And it's not a coincidence that the last two to three years of my life have been the most explosive, like growth filled amazing years of my life and i'm like fuck why did i wait so long (laughs) and uh, and i think that that pride uh yeah really stopped me from um you know in a lot of ways like uh just like getting help like uh you know like i think i spent a lot of time in my 20s feeling really alone and struggling and and kind of you know silently yeah silently suffering um and yeah if i if I had just gotten rid of that pride and if i had if I had gotten into my head that it was okay to ask for help, it was okay to reach out to people you know whether that was friends um or even to professionals you know like working with a therapist or someone um you know most people know that I'm a huge evangelist for therapy, like I think everyone should be doing it um I think in our culture we we seem to think you know it's only if you have like a really huge issue or if there's something like mentally quote unquote wrong with you that you should see a therapist. But I actually think every single person would benefit greatly from it. It's basically self-growth on steroids. Um, And, and yeah, and, and and the biggest thing from blocking me from accessing this wonderful, amazing resource that would change my life was that pride. I was that feeling. No, 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 I I can just do this on my own. And I would tell younger Jamin, no, you can't. And that's, not only is that not like something to be ashamed of, it's going to connect you to other people. It's going to open you up. It's going to make you a more loving and um yeah. And, and connected human. Um So don't, yeah, don't wait. <laughs> Get on that yeah. now.
1: Yeah, dude. A- amen to that. Where I'm curious if you think about like that sense of pride that was driving that, if that's how you'd describe it. Like where, um where do you think that came from? Like, can you think back to like sort of, Any like particular thing in your life or maybe just a more broad thing in our culture that you feel like really like shaped that in you that you had to overcome?
0: Man. I mean, I definitely feel like it's it's a it's a bit of all those things. But um yeah, I think I think I definitely, on one hand, I I definitely inherited that like from my mom. Like this uh Mm. this kind I mean, and for her it was like this huge strength. I feel like she was just like, you know, even being dealt like difficult hands in life, she just always like Pulled herself up by her bootstraps and just made shit happen, you know? Um, yeah. And that's the healthy part of it. And I think the unhealthy part is like, like then also being like, uh, I don't, I can do this on my own and I don't need anyone else's help even when you do need it. Um, And yeah, so that's something, that's the lifelong journey I've been working on and I'm so glad I've, I've let go of a lot of it in the last few years, so
1: yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, great, man. As as someone who who's close to you and, and sees you <laughs> all the time sort of on your journey, I can definitely attest to the, the big difference it's made, which is amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is it's not even just about me, right? Like I, I'm saying, okay, this is great because it just opened up a lot for me, helped me grow, yada, yada, yada. But what's also great is like not trying to do everything on your own, like actually connects you to like your friends and like brings like such a greater depth uh, to your relationships in life. 'Cause it's like a two-way yeah. street, right? And um and really it's it's that's another way of saying like open up to other people, you know. Um so yeah, it's just made everything so much richer. So yeah, that's great. Awesome. That's my number one. Um Gabe, do you have like a second piece of advice that you wish you could have given yourself?
1: Yeah, I think I think if I were to get my time machine, other thing I would say is uh to tell my younger self to be careful about like what percentage of my sense of self I tie up in my job and my career. Hmm. Um, So I think I, you know, and the reason I say that, you know, I've always been sort of like very motivated and I think excited and passionate about like doing like big things that feel like big and important and impactful to me, like things Mm -hmm. like they matter, like mostly in terms of like social impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like when I was in college, that's what I spent like a lot of my time doing stuff like that on campus. And, I really loved that and cared about it. And then after college, I was really lucky to find a job that I felt like allowed me to do that, this organization Parent Revolution Mm -hmm. that I helped to sort of grow and build over like most of the last eight years. Um, And that was amazing. And that job was really um, like a dream job for me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that like having been sort of like successful in that regard in college and then like successful like first years out of college and feeling like I have this dream job, like I think I... I think I really like identified like a lot of just like who I was like with that job. And like that felt really good when it was like an amazing dream job, right? Mm-hmm. Like then cause you're like, Oh, this is like a big part of me is this is my career is what I'm doing professionally. Um, and that's awesome. So I'm awesome, you know, <laughs> but like, like anything in our life, like that stuff changes and evolves over time. Yeah. Um, and being at a career point now, where I'm just like, a little more like transitional and figuring things out, and and don't really know exactly what I'm going to be doing next, and like not at this, I'm not like currently like feeling like I'm in a dream job, right? Like right. that's been it's been like emotionally difficult for me actually, and I've hmm. I've on a lot of levels, and I've realized that part of the reason is that yeah, I had so much of my like sense of self and even self worth like tied up in who I was professionally. And so, you know, I'm really excited to like figure out where my path goes and get back into like a job that feels like amazing and exciting and is another like dream job or something like that. Like I'm excited Mm -hmm. about that, but I want to do it maybe in a little more next time or a little bit more of a balanced way where I'm not so much like identifying with it as like who I am, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And would you, would you make a recommendation to your younger self, like to find that sense of self in like other areas or anything specific?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I think over the last few years, like, um, I think like the, the, I mean, a like community, I think. And that, that same time where I was like really identifying with like work was that same time that I didn't really have so much of a community outside Mm. of work as those like few years post-college. So I think like my two piece of advice are connected to each other. I think if I had (laughs) like more of a community post-college, I think that would have been a good substitute. Yeah. Like when I think about now, um, what do I want to fill that? I think, um, I think really investing in my relationship with myself Mm. and like self growth and like understanding, I think is a big thing. Um, I think that investing in community is like a big thing. And then I think just in general, having less stories that I identify with about myself, period, like not needing anything like external to sort of construct a story of like who I am or my own self-worth, but just allowing, you know, living a little more indirect experience and allowing that to be a more sort of fluid, less story filled um, approach.
0: Right. Right. This basically like not having to prop yourself up all the time and just be okay with just being
1: yeah yeah and, and and more more of a focus on like exploring and curiosity you know mm. trying to try to really like develop a better relationship with myself yeah as opposed to fill in like a really clear compelling story about right. like who i am or where i'm going or how awesome i am or what my journey is you know which yeah. is hard struggle with yeah. all the time but that's no that's totally sort of a, a current goal
0: and that's, I think that's how in our culture we are like trained, like, I feel like your value in life is like how interesting your story is. Like yeah. in some ways we're like, we're trained to be story materialists, like collecting stories the way, you know, you'd imagine rich people be collecting cars and, and all these, all these useless things, you know, <laughs> to make themselves feel better. And I feel like we do that with like stories and interesting tidbits about ourselves and all this. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Story materialists. That's great. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll maybe do an episode on that later, but, um, yeah. Yeah. First topic. No, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, next up uh, for you, what would be, if you had a second piece of advice to your younger self, uh, what would it be?
0: Yeah. So I would, okay. So my first struggle, major struggle in life has been like that whole self-growth thing and doing it on my own. Right. My number two, very close second has been my struggle with creativity And I would tell my younger self, creativity should be for you and not for others. And what I mean by that is, you know, I spent my entire life um, with creativity. You know, I was a filmmaker when I was younger and I've just always been drawn to, to creating interesting, like fun videos or songs or whatever. But almost all of it has been motivated and fueled by this idea of like trying to create something great right? Like trying to create like some work of art that would be awesome, which is another way of saying I was trying to create something that other people would love. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and then I think also by extension, they would love me for it. Right. Mm-hmm. It was this roundabout way of trying to get fulfillment, trying to get love, trying to fill this feeling of feeling insignificant. Um, and as a result, creativity and like doing creative things just always felt like there's something off, you know, cause I wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> I was doing it for others. I was doing it for for future goals of maybe I'll be famous someday and that'll make me feel good. Maybe I'll be loved by a ton of people and that'll make me feel good. And it was so far removed from like me just sitting there, you know, playing guitar or, you know, filming something with a video camera and being like, "I'm doing this because it makes me feel good right now to do it." you know, I'm doing this because it fills me with joy or it gets me excited. Um, which, you know, that's the entire reason I picked up a video camera in the first place. Like when I was a kid and I was making my first short film, which is called paper wars, which is a a star Wars parody featuring paper airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) And there was no part of me that was like, Oh man, if I, if I make something really awesome, like I'll be a director someday and that'll get me set for life. Like no, no, no. I was doing it because it was just fun to do. I it was just having a blast in it and it just lit me up from the inside. Um, mm. And the, the cruel joke is like, as I got better at it, you know, society and culture is like, Oh, Oh, you could, you could be something with this. You could take this, you could, this skill could like do something for you. And I just got further and further away from that pure joy that I had when I was a kid. And ever since I deviated from that, like it just didn't feel good to create anymore. Um, yeah. And it got so bad for me. Like it got to a point where I, I would say most of my 20s was this epic struggle of me trying to figure this out. And I would, every time I'd return to filmmaking or writing or whatever my creative pursuit was, I would get back into it. And I was like, oh, I have the technical skills for this. I could make really good shit. But the biggest limiter was like, it just left me hollow. It just left me feeling so empty when I tried to make it. And I, and I just couldn't keep going. And I would burn myself out, go on a hiatus for like a year or so, then feel really guilty about it, wasting my time, yada, yada, go back into it, cycle, repeat. Um, and I think it's only, yeah, again, in the last few years, which, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence. That was also the same time I, t- I started reaching out to other people for help. Um, but in the last few years, like that's really started to change, especially in this past year. You know, I think even creating yeah. this podcast, uh, I've been writing so much more on my blog this past year. Um, and all of that, it feels so different from the past. Like even this podcast we're doing, like there's no part of me that's doing this and thinking like, oh, maybe this this will make me famous someday or or whatever. It's like, no, this is a this is just a really fun project that I get to do with my best friend, and it's something that actually is enjoyable to us. It brings us closer together. It gives us an excuse to like talk about shit and work on something each month, and there's so much joy in that. Um, and and that to me is like the value in creativity, and. If the, if the creative pursuits actually end up leading to these other things, like maybe, you know, if influencing more people or, I don't know, making me more famous or something like that, um, I see those as like little side bonuses or little side benefits. But now, like, I just don't get it confused anymore. Like, that is not the real value in creative work. And the real value is in, like, how it makes you feel and how it lights you up as you're doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I would tell my younger self that. And I don't know if he would get it. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, hopefully, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully, it'll you know he'll figure it out a little early, earlier than me, <laughs> which would
1: be yeah.
0: a few years shaved off of some intense suffering. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. yeah, dude, that's great, man. What like when you think back to like when that's shifted for you, or starters to shift for you, or is there like an aha moment that you had, or maybe, like one or two things in particular that really sort of catalyzed um, the sort of shift and the lesson you learned?
0: Yeah, so so I would say it was a very slow burn. Like I would say, it, I feel like it, over the last few years, um, it's just been slowly turning. And, and really like the entire trajectory of the past decade has been like this slow realization to this point. Mm. And then also kind of getting it intellectually like years ago, but actually understanding it, like feeling it, and, and doing it experientially was like a whole nother journey. Um, so it took a while, but I would say there was like a little significant milestone and and we did talk about this on uh earlier episode of the podcast, but it was when I was reading um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, big magic. Mm, um, yeah. and yeah, and it just her concept of, you know, of being a, uh, uh what
1: was the phrase disciplined half-ass yes that was it
0: learn to be a disciplined half-ass and she just basically goes off on this idea that the worst thing you can be as a creative is to be a lazy perfectionist which is what most people are right like they don't show up every day to like work on the thing and then when they do show up to work on it they're like this has to be perfect this has people need to love this this has to be so good it hurts and then you you just get so overwhelmed you can't actually work on it um And something about her idea of, like, actually really, like, wanting to become a disciplined half-ass, like, actually fighting against the idea of perfectionism and, like, really wanting to learn how to become a half-ass, like, really resonated with me. And uh, for the past year, on the top of my daily planner, it says it every day. It says learn to be a a disciplined half-ass. And I've done it. I'm a disciplined half ass now, and it's fucking awesome wow.
1: congratulations <laughs> yeah. that is a, that is an amazing milestone <laughs> thank you thank you
0: yeah, you know another way of of saying this advice would be would be to say that and to be like, "Look, you think being a perfectionist is awesome it's not, and the sooner you get over that, the happier and the more creative ironically you're going to be so yeah,
1: yeah, amen <laughs> a- I love
0: it amen awesome well um That's the end of uh, our pieces of advice, but we have one more response from our online community that we'd like to share before we close this out. Um, And this one goes in a little bit of a different direction, and it comes from Eric.
2: The advice that I'd give to myself is that there's nothing that
0: I can tell you because you need to find it out for yourself in your own timing, and it's just going to get better and better as time goes on.
1: Yeah, that, there's a lot of truth to that now that we've spent like half an hour all giving our former selves advice. I mean, I, I it did occur to me and I'm glad he said it. Like, And, and you mentioned it, like it, even if you had given yourself some of those pieces of advice 10 years ago, like would you have even gotten it? Would it have resonated? Right. And, you know, would you have had the same journey of like, interesting discovery of getting to sort of like unfold these lessons over time, which is harder and less fun sometimes, but I think leads to like a level of conviction and learning and understanding that, that we don't get if, if someone just tries to shortcut it for us and tell us the answers, you know? Right, right.
0: Yeah. When, when I, when I heard Eric's comment, I, uh, if I was just like snapping my fingers, I was like, yes. (laughs) Like, and and that's and I really, I resonate with what he says so much. Like, I mean, we've basically spent, you know, like 30 minutes already just telling you all these pieces of advice we give ourselves, but I agree with him in another way. Like there's, there's nothing I, I, I actually like, if I could go back in time, first of all, I don't know if any of that would have gotten through to my younger self. I think he almost had to figure it out himself. He had to stumble and and fall and pick himself up and learn, um, But another thing is in some ways I wouldn't change anything because all of that, the struggle, the, the, yeah. Like the dead ends, the, the failing and trying to figure it out, like was all necessary for me to get to where I am now. And, and it's just all been instrumental in in creating the Jamin that is here today, you know? And, um, which is an
1: awesome Jamin. I'm
0: I'm pretty stoked with him, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's just, it's just been so instrumental in shaping who I am. Um, and, you know, like we said in our, I embrace the lows episode, like, and in some ways I think all the, the, the lows and the struggles actually may have shaped me even more than some of the fun highs. Um, yeah. So in another way, I'm I'm like, Oh, if I, if I actually could go back and tell myself this advice and he listened, who would I be instead? And I don't know. I, I, I feel like my struggles just like, all the awesome things that have happened to me are like such a kind of a cherished part of who I am now. And in some ways, like I wouldn't take that back.
1: Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of ways in which that resonates. And I think it comes back to like a lot of ways, like the Lowe's episode, as as you mentioned. Um, And yeah, I think, I think if you think back to like all this advice, like honestly, it's probably advice that we actually got at some point probably many times like, <laughs> yeah. in different ways like when are younger but just like you just you the thing about advice like <laughs> my sort of mom's like advice to herself gets at this in terms of like giving less advice is like advice is tricky cuz like someone has to you someone else like they have to be ready to hear it yeah. and like there's a bunch of stuff that goes into being ready to actually hear something and digest it and act upon it, which right. are sort of like three different levels at least. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like we, we learn things when we're ready to. And just cause, just cause the lesson comes up and hits us in the face doesn't mean that, that it's going to make any impact at any given time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the phrase, the teacher comes when the student is ready. Right. Right. And like, and yeah. And I think for me, like, Yeah. I probably needed ten years of struggling and trying to do things on my own before my stubbornness wore itself out, and I was like, "Okay, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, you're pretty stubborn."
0: Yeah, you know, and and like I think I needed that for me to like if if some older version of Jamin just te- teleported and told me this stuff, I'd be like, uh, "No, nah, I can do it on my own."
1: <laughs> you yeah. don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and the teleportation stuff never works. It always turns out to be a disaster. Yeah, right? You just, know, the whole, like, butterfly effect. Yeah, you know, things just like, always
0: get messed up. And, you know, you're very dangerous at the prom with your mom and things just get <laughs> yeah. awkward. And, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, <laughs> I think, one, the, the the other thing that I really like about Eric's response um, was the last thing he said, where he said, it'll get better and better. And and I, I really believe that. I, I think if you're on... A self growth path, which uh, I like to assume most of you listening are. <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast called Guys with Feelings, um, but if you're you know if you're approaching life in this way where you constantly like want to learn more about yourself and constantly grow, um, it's true. Life will get better and better and and less difficult, and the, you'll understand more of how you work and and how you fit into the world. Um, and I, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the one thing I would have said to my younger self, right? He might've have not have listened to like any of my actual advice, but I just would have like put my hand on the shoulder and been like, Hey, look, I know shit's really difficult and it can be a huge struggle at times, but I promise you it's going to get better and better. Just trust me on this. Even if you don't listen to a goddamn word of anything else I say. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Anna.
1: Yeah. that, man. That, that resonates. <laughs> cool.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our deep dive and on to our newest segment, the guys with feelings read of the month. So Gabe, what do we got for our listeners this month?
1: Oh uh, man. So there was this article that I think we both really loved uh, and loved it so much. We had to, had to bring it onto the the podcast um, called tapping your inner wolf. Uh, it was a call in the New York times, uh, I think a week or two ago and shout out to my dad who actually was the one who found it and sent it to me. Uh, but the, the basic argument is is super interesting. Um, and it's that a lot of the behavior that we like think about and sort of talk about as quote unquote alpha male behavior in mm-hmm. guys, thinking about things like aggression or showing off or being really like domineering <laughs> is actually if you actually look at wolves that actually have like real specific alpha males that where we can like really like study and observe their behaviors, it's mm-hmm. actually the opposite of how actual alpha male wolves behave. In nature, um, there's a great quote from the this veteran like wolf researcher in the article. Where he said, "The main characteristic of an alpha male is a quiet confidence, quiet self-assurance. You know what you need to do. You know what's best for your pack. You lead by example. You're very comfortable with that. You have a calming effect. Like mm. I don't think like calming is like when we think about like alpha male and like I don't know American or Western society. Like I don't think those that's like an adjective we we normally no. use, um, but." Yeah, when I was reading this, it just really resonated um, as true. Like, I feel like a lot of what we call alpha behavior in American culture, in terms of masculinity, is what's actually going on is really deep seated insecurities that people have that mm-hmm. then use like cheap aggression and almost this caricature of masculinity to paper over their insecurities. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like the dude in the white house right now is like literally the number <laughs> one example of that. Like maybe in the literally. history of the universe, like just like to a, to a fucking caricature. Um, but like even putting that just like insanity aside, like I, I really deeply believe that on a human level, like that's what this like sort of cheap, like alpha male or cheap masculinity um, like is, that's what's going on there. And it was really cool yeah. to see, some validation of that perspective from actual nature itself and from a creature that shares like so much in common with us.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, you sent me this article and, and I loved it. And I think you're right on. It's, it's so interesting that, that that's become like our idea of what alpha male is like in, in our culture, right? Like just someone who's like boorish and is like starting fights and just yells really loudly. But like, anyone who has a, a, an understanding of human behavior or has kind of healed their own insecurities, you can just see it just, Oh wow. You're really like insecure and hurting inside. Like the bigger the show, the, the the more you're trying to hide that. Um, but it's just interesting. I I feel like we don't have, we don't have any really good, um, examples of alpha males or if they are there, like they're just not recognized. Um, and it was, yeah, it's really cool. Like, Oh, let's take a little cue from nature. Um, and there are a bunch of like really awesome examples in this article too like i love the part when when he was talking about like um the compassion that an alpha male has also like there's this really uh, amazing section where he's you know he's t- he, like taking care of like a little sick pup that like no one else like you know wanted to be around he got he was looking all over for him and got really excited when he, when he saw found the little pup and then went over to play with him and to take care of him and um yeah this is the kind of like portrait of, of alpha masculinity like you never really see right like that com- compassion and nurturing um can't yeah it can be these really strong like masculine qualities you know
1: yeah yeah for sure and that that wolf with like the sick pup was like i think what they called it, like a super wolf it was like the most badass <laughs> the alpha wolf most in all alpha. of yosemite yeah, the yeah. alpha of yeah. the alphas <laughs> yeah um but it's, like, it's cool. So I've been, like, randomly sort of getting into wolves recently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, not too deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But wolves are fucking awesome. Wolves uh, are really dope. <laughs> and, like, the one thing this article drove home, which is one thing amazing, amazing, is they actually, and I where, where I think this argument about is, is really relevant, is they're actually really similar to humans. And it's like, particularly vis a be like, families and some mm-hmm. of these roles. So, like, like humans like male wolves actually like stick around with their family for like their entire lives. Like they form a family and then they're with it and helping to provide for it forever, which is pretty unique in the animal kingdom. Like that doesn't happen with a lot of species, but it happens with, you know, humans and wolves and a few Mm -hmm. others. Um, And like, to be clear, I think sometimes these conversations about like a different masculinity wind up taking the form of like, Oh, well, it's just about being "quote unquote" less masculine, you know. Mm. Maybe being like more feminine, but like I think this is like wolves, are, like alpha males, that, they still like fight when they have to, right? Mm. Like they're still mm-hmm. like when they have to defend their family, they can still be very vicious. Um, mm. they still like lead the hunt and do things, but there's also like a really strong role. This article is saying for the alpha female in the pack. Like it's it's not just like some patriarchal society mm. of wolves. Like it's um they talked about how like even the alpha male like plays a strong protector role the alpha female in the pack is actually the one who's making most of the decisions and actually oh, like wow. really like sort of running the pack sort of a little more from from behind the scenes so oh, anyways cool. i just I, I loved this article and and we'll post it in the show notes um yeah and uh, i think it's like a fun little quick read to to spur some some thinking about sort of like masculinity and and what it could be for humans if we maybe uh maybe reimagine it a little bit
0: yeah Totally, and, and on that note, I'll, I'll leave with like a quote I really liked from it, but uh, Men can learn a thing or two from real wolves. Less snarl, more quiet confidence, leading by example, faithful devotion in the care and defense of families, respect for females, and a sharing of responsibilities. So, take some notes, yeah. guys.
1: Hear, here. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, now to close the show, let's move on to our quick picks. If you have any quick picks of your own, send them to us at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. So Gabe, do you have a quick pick for us?
1: I do. Of course I do. Uh, so mine is going to be my most recent book that I finished that I really really loved and I'm, I'm recommending a lot. It's a book called Evicted by this guy Matthew Desmond. Um, came out a few years ago. I think it won a Pulitzer. I think the author won like the MacArthur Genius Grant. Mm. So it's it's been a big deal. I'm sort of on the late end of reading it. Like a lot of other people read it years ago. Um, Mm. But it's really amazing story of um, what trying to find housing and stay in housing is like for really poor folks in America. Mm. Um, The author, he was a PhD student when he was researching the book, studying like sociology and specifically like housing for poor folks. And while he's a PhD student, he literally went and spent a year living in, like the toughest communities he could find in Milwaukee, which has like some tough communities. Uh, One, he lived in a a predominantly white trailer park on the south side of Milwaukee. And then he spent months living in a really tough urban black neighborhood on the north side of Milwaukee. Um, And he spent just like thousands and thousands of hours just with people. Like the whole book basically is his first person impressions of and her, his first person stories of what life is like for people trying to keep a roof over their head when mm. they have very, very low paying jobs or on public assistance, and their rent is 80% of what they're taking home every month. And oh, so they man. just, you have like so many people in America, they just have no margin for error. Mm. Anything goes wrong, the smallest thing goes wrong, and you're mm. out of your house. And he's just He's like looking at that story. He also looks at it from the landlord's perspective. He spends like a lot of time with landlords as well. So it's a really like well-rounded story, like looking at things from a bunch of angles and trying to avoid just like easy, simple villains or like simple narratives Mm -hmm. um, around the problem. But um, yeah, it's a really, it's a powerful story of like these characters' lives. And he uses these really amazing characters that he really gets to know very intimately and spends so much time with through really difficult moments he uses their stories to um to help sort of all of us like understand what like really grinding poverty in America is like for a lot of folks, especially vis a vis folks trying to keep a roof over their head. So um, anyways, really great book, um, called Evicted. For folks that are like broadly interested in in that topic or any of those topics, so I would definitely highly recommend it.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Was it it sounds like it was an emotional read as well. Was it did it get pretty deep into individuals lives like did you you feel like connected to the characters
1: oh yeah yeah i definitely i definitely had a few teary sessions while reading the book you really i mean just the people there's just all these people that some with families with little kids and and mm-hmm. others have just like they've been through so much and like a lot of them have made bad decisions at different times they've also just been dealt such a bad hand in mm-hmm. so many ways and yeah it's definitely there are a lot of heart-wrenching stories and like at the end there's some that just the some stories that get left in a really bad place but then there's Mm. a few of the characters that wind up sort of somehow after years of really being a bad spot sort of like getting sort of lucky in some ways and sort of finding some inner strength and like pulling themselves um together and putting their lives on a really different trajectory so Mm. it was hard to read at times but also had some some really uplifting stuff going on at the end
0: oh that sounds great well, that's Evicted by Matthew Desmond, and we'll have a link in the, in the show notes.
1: Um, great. Cool. Uh, Jamin, what is your quick pick of the show? All
0: right. Well, my quick pick uh, is taking things in a bit of a different direction. <laughs> um, but it is the recommendation to pancake surprise your friends. Yeah, now let me explain. I know you're you're asking, what is a pancake surprise?
1: People all over America right now are just Googling, (laughs) demanding.
0: (laughs) So it came about actually because so as many of you know, I I used to live in a 38 person mansion, which was uh, an amazing experience, but um, not super sustainable long term. And uh, so um, I was hanging out and uh, ran into a friend, Shane, actually, who read the letter earlier, and he was also an uh, alumni of the house. Um, And we're talking like, man, it would be really good to, you know, go visit the house again. But Shane, in his usual creative fashion, was like, yes, but we shouldn't just visit. We should do something special. And so he came up with this idea of doing a pancake surprise. And and basically what what ended up happening is is, uh, three of us ended up getting matching black and white aprons. And we were just wearing aprons and boxers. And we showed up at their front door. And we we just and Sunday morning, we just burst into their kitchen yelling pancake surprise. And we're holding, you know, bottles of champagne and orange juice and pancake mix and eggs. And we And like nobody
1: knew you were coming.
0: No one knew we were coming. And we just started blasting Motown music and we just started cooking up a storm for everyone there. And people just loved it. It was just so unexpected and everyone like it was just like so much fun. And we're dancing and singing to music. Um, Shane was going around with a little notepad taking orders and, and you had to, to order, you couldn't just ask for an egg or a pancake. You had to order like, you know, we have a few specials. We have the Jamin, which is one egg and one pancake. We have the Shane, which is two eggs and one pancake. And you had to order in some combination of that. Um, and then at the end we we gave everyone um a bill, and they had to pay in in the form of like a freakishly long hug or uh jamin ass slap or you know all sorts of um yeah there was a there was a there was a People bunch had of options yeah, a myriad of options um and it was just it was just super fun and I don't know i I think whether it's a pancake surprise or you know Gabe many years ago did a banana surprise to one of our friends where he dressed up in a banana costume and showed up with tons of bananas um i just think like these little like creative surprises that you get to do with your friends um they're just so much fun and i I think they can really it's just people love surprises and it's just such a great way of like injecting a little bit of spontaneity and um and fun into into your friendships. so i highly recommend it do a surprise of your own so
1: yeah (laughs) yeah man but that's that is great banana surprise was is like an all-time favorite memory (laughs) for me still that Uh, was pretty epic i'm a i'm a big fan i'm very partial personally to food-based surprises but um but surprises of all types that sort of bring people together to be goofy and ridiculous are just never a bad idea
0: yeah, yeah. And Gabe so. Gabe is is the king of surprises. He loves
1: surprises. Uh, I used to be. I've been uh, I've been a little out of the surprise game recently. I don't know if I'm going to get back in. Oof. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe
0: after you go through your bike riding phase, you'll go back into
1: surprise. Yeah, games. go back into a surprise phase. Yeah. There, was, <laughs>
0: there was actually be. a time when Gabe was at the peak of his surprise phase. He he organized a triple
1: surprise. Which I'm not going to go into detail here, but he we, we would need a whole episode to explain <laughs> the complexities of the triple. Yeah, like was, pulled a
0: surprise where someone thought it was there, like a surprise, but a surprise for another person, and then it was actually a surprise for a, a third. For per- it was the inception, it was surpriseception. It was just crazy surprise.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, again, again, my, my, I'm out of my prime now, but maybe we'll get back into some more basic surprises sometimes. Oh so. man.
0: Well, on that note, that brings us to the end of our Quick Picks and to the end of the show. A huge thanks to everyone who contributed their advice to our episode, including Ian, Kara, Dolma, Isaac, Lorraine, Shane, and Eric. And uh, before we leave, uh, let's tell the audiences where they can keep up with us online. Gabe, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, for now, I'm still on Twitter at Gabe Rose um, and been writing a little more on my blog, uh, GabeRose.com. Uh, what about you? I am on Twitter
0: at Jamin underscore Ye, and you can find my blog at com. I just did a post on how to survive working from home. Um, so oh, that yeah. was a great one. Oh, thanks. That thanks, was a for great me. one. Yeah, yeah. Working from home is not as fun as you may be led to believe. And if you want some tips on how to survive oh. that, check out my blog. Um, and stay tuned for a preview of what we'll be discussing next month. But first... You can find all episodes of guys with feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. shoot us an email at guys with feelings show at gmail.com music for the podcast by broke for free. And if you're feeling generous, leave us a review on the iTunes store. And, uh, for our episode next month, we're excited to be hosting a great guest with feelings, an up and coming author who will be joining us to talk about masculinity, marriage, washing the dishes and how they all fit together. So, tune in next month for that Um, that'll do it for this episode until next month we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows celebrate the highs and appreciate the messy journey in between we'll see you guys next month